Hi, everybody, and welcome to the ATX Metal Podcast. I'm Kitty, and this is my segment, Kick It With Kitty, where I get to talk to some of my very favorite Austin and Texas musicians. I have a very special Halloween treat for you. This is somebody that I've always viewed as not only an amazing songwriter and performer, but also a visionary with a very strong sense of who he is in music. So really excited for this interview. Without further ado, could you please introduce yourself, uh, say your name and the name of your band? Hi, what's up? I'm Zeke 13 of the band 13. Uh from the other world, we play on metal. And can you let us know um, the name of your bandmate? Oh, uh, Igor64 is my guitar player. Awesome. So welcome, Zeke. And I guess before we start, for folks who aren't really familiar with your music or haven't seen you before, um, like you said, you play on metal. So what is on metal for the uninitiated? Okay. So, um, as a lot of people my age like um, grew up through like the late 90s, early 2000s of metal, um, probably remembers the new metal movement. Um, and like our music has been considered new metal by almost everybody. Um, but there's one factor to our sound that um, adds a bit of a twist to it. Um, because I remember, you know, growing up and, uh, you know, through the scene and seeing how, you know, my favorite subgenre of metal was being treated by other metalheads. And it was pretty obvious that it wasn't the cool kid at the table, like by, I don't know, the uh, 2005, 2006, around the time I was starting to really get into metal. You know, the bands that I was getting into weren't that popular. Um, you know, with the, the diehard metalheads anymore. Um, and so over time, like, cause I started 13 pretty, pretty early on, like 2006, I was still in high school and already like it wasn't in emo was in hardcore was in metalcore was in deathcore was starting out you know, bands like Lamb of God and Kill Switch Engage and As I Lay Dying and All That Remains were getting hella popular, Shadows Fall. All through that time, like I I liked all of that music, all the new shit that was coming out, but I still had this like strong desire to like dig deeper into what was left of this new metal thing. Like it just it never left me. It just inspired me more. And like I got into as many of those bands as I possibly could. <laughs> and uh a lot of what you hear in our sound is just a mishmashing of all of those bands. I'm not even talking about the new metal ones. I'm talking about like the, the, you know, new age American metal bands from the early two thousands, the metal core, the, the death core, black metal, industrial emo. I'm a big fan of uh, like nineties, alt rock, like uh, smashing pumpkins and fucking the cure. And I mean, cures way older than nineties, but you know, I just, with 13, it's just a mixture of all of the things that inspired me to create. Um, and Unmetal in a lot of ways is is about doing that as unapologetically as you possibly can. Like, I actually heard the name for Unmetal 
uh, in a meme because I was trying to start a meme page and didn't do that for too long. But I came across a meme that was, um, it's the guy at the club who's like tripping on Molly and having like a moment of realization. And like, it's like a top text, bottom text. And it says, new metal is an anagram for unmetal. So I was like, fuck it. We're unmetal. Like, you know, we're always going to be the underdog no matter what. So we'll just wear it on our fucking sleeve. And it's kind of just like, it, it's kind of just like a middle finger to like the, the tastemakers and the gatekeepers who decide what gets to be cool and what doesn't like, cause our whole thing isn't about that. Like we want to do right by ourselves before we even think about, you know, considering changing what we do for, uh, you know, anyone else's sensibilities. So it's kind of just in that spirit. It's like new metal, but a bit more punk rock and a lot more experimental, you know? So you've blown my mind so many <laughs> directions this conversation can go. I will say for anybody who hasn't experienced um, a 13 music video or live performance, you can tell that they mean every bit of it. The genuine nature of your expression does come through. So that really resonates with me about your band. But also you were mentioning all those different influences on your music. So let's talk about your new music and what has 13 been up to lately? So 13 since um, we've started back up in Austin, because like I said, th this band originally started all the way back in the mid 2000s and it was put on hold as I was doing stuff in other projects, touring with other bands, all that stuff. And eventually I came out to Texas, the band I moved out here with um, broke up and I was like, you know, I've had all this 13 material in my back pocket for a long time and I've been dying to like use it. So I started the band back up in 2016 and I looked at the calendar and I looked at, you know, the years that were approaching and I realized, um, you know, after talking with uh, my guitarist at the time, he gave me this brilliant idea. What if we had 13 albums and I looked at the next 13 years on the calendar and realized that like the, the dates line up perfectly for us to make 13 albums every year in that stretch of time until we have all 13 of them. Uh, so our first album, Asylum, which I had been working on since the band started way, way back when. So it was like a 10, 11 year album in the making um, by the time we released it. And uh, it launched on October 13th, 2017. And then following year, October 13th, 2018, we released Sick. October 13th, 2019, we released Impure. October 13th, 2020, we released The Blood on the Wall. And then if you follow that pattern, like if you look at 2020, if you add each single digit in 2020 together, Two plus O plus two plus O equals four. That's the fourth album. You know, fifth album comes out 2021, you know, and it just goes down the line until we reach 2030. So there it is. That's the, that's the end point for the band. That's the destination while we're on this fucking insane journey toward it. So, you know, and we're doing this at a time where I realize like, you know, since music has mostly moved to being consumed via streaming, um, 
and things that come with that over time, the way we've been living with the internet all these years um, and consuming our music that way, uh, albums are becoming less and less popular as a means to uh, enjoy your music. And that's part of why I'm still doing these albums is because like, if, if this format and this medium is going to be done, then I'm going to give it the biggest like exit that it possibly can. Like I want it to go out with a bang because I really miss the days of collecting CDs, you know, having the disc and it sounds, it sounds great. I don't care what anyone says. I like CD quality audio better than vinyl. Like, I don't care if the vinyl quality is technically better. I think vinyl discs are large and cumbersome, but, um, I really miss collecting CDs and opening the booklet and like reading the lyrics and seeing the band and like their artistic idea visually for what I'm hearing. And, um, you know, it, it just, it's, it's a, it's a getting to know a part of the artist that you don't really get to experience anymore with just streaming the new material, just checking out the music videos on YouTube and all that stuff is cool. Um, and it takes a lot of work, but you know, there's something about owning a piece of the artist that I think a lot of music fans today are, are missing out on because of, you know, the way things just are now. Um, but yeah, 13 albums, 13 years, we're going till 2030. Who knows what we'll do after that. Um, but that's the plan. That's, that's literally the only plan, just 13 albums. I like how there's a doomsday kind of for 13 as well, Mm -hmm. counting down the calendar. And I also wanted to thank you for letting me kind of preview the new album to inform our interview. I'm really excited uh, about the album because when you were talking about all of your influences, you mentioned Smashing Pumpkins and The Cure. And there were some times on the album where like the dream pop and the shoegaze just hit heavy. I heard, like you said, I heard new metal, obviously. I heard arena rock, alt rock, deathcore, metalcore. and I think sometimes when people want to deride new metal, maybe it's for like a simplistic instrumentation, but it's pretty lush for y'all. You guys are clearly insane musicians. Um, I wanted to know one of my questions when I was listening to that album preview, did you play everything and write everything on the new album? Yeah, no, I, I write and record everything in 13 and uh when i have other band members like i just teach them the material so they can play it live and the main reason i do that uh, you know it's because I've, I've worked with other people before and like a lot of times it's fun a lot of other times it's really really hard to organize a large group of people so you know i and i don't want to slow down the band at all for the sake of somebody who isn't going to be as invested in it or as able to be invested in it, you know, like, cause I get it. Life is tough for everybody. It's tough for me too. And you know, that's part of why I get why sometimes people got to leave bands. It makes sense. But my music is important to me, which is why I spent a lot of the time working on it by myself. Um, I want when all my music is out, I want people to know that this is a hundred percent the unfiltered, you know, 
the honest, authentic version of me that anyone will hear. Like, because I'm going to die someday and I want to leave something behind that, you know, people can really get to know who I was. And like, pictures from my past are great. Memories with family and friends are great. But like, you know, there are people out there who will have heard my my art and connected with me on that level. And I, I think oftentimes that's a level that family and close friends don't always kind of meet you on. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm just doing what I can to make my mark on this world before I have to leave it. I think you're doing a tremendous job of that. Uh, the first time I saw you live, you blew me away <laughs> and I kind of feel obviously with your music, like you said, you have full control and there's a very clear and cohesive vision, even though there's a lot of different musical elements. Yeah. The live show, though, blew me away because of the fantastic performance on your part, obviously, but also the aesthetics. Can you talk a little bit about your inspiration for your live look and your live performance and just the energy behind it? So I think where it really stems from originally i mean it's pretty obvious that like i'm a huge fan of bands like corn and slipknot and coal chamber mushroom head um you know a lot of bands that like dress up and and you know wear masks or face paint you know mud vein static x you know they have like some sort of image associated with their music and it's you know for the time, you know, it was kind of edgy. Um, and I've just always liked spooky things. I'm a big fan of, um, the nightmare before Christmas and, you know, a lot of other Tim Burton and, and, you know, I, uh, read a lot of Johnny, the homicidal maniac and watched Invader Zim. Like, um, and I just, I, I, I always liked the idea of becoming a, a non-human creature on stage and that just kind of becoming the persona. But also like I enjoy that as uh, as creepy and spooky as my look is, like I still will act like, you know, a, a kind-hearted individual, you know. I'm I'm sweet with people. I'm not angry or, or mean until like the music starts playing, you know? So it's like trying to be approachable while also not looking the least bit approachable. It's just fun, <laughs> I guess. With the the look itself with the mask, I think where it really started was um, I was in a band back in the day, um, before, you know, year, a couple years, no more than that, like almost six, seven years before I moved to Texas. We were called um, Butcher Cassidy and the Slam Dance Kids. Like, I love that. <laughs> and the idea was, it was me and two of my two of my close friends. Um, like, we were senior year of high school, and um, we were like, we want to mix ICP, Hollywood Undead, Suicide Silence, Chelsea Grin and Slipknot all together into a band and wear masks and be crazy. And, you know, we knew people who knew people who could get our demo 
you know, over to Violent J. Apparently he heard it and said he liked it, but that was also like, but that was also like after the band was kind of, you know, done, not really working out. We tried, we tried to, to make it work. And um, we were still high school kids doing high school kid things. So, you know, it, it kind of fell apart in the end. But what we were doing was we were wearing masks and costumes and stuff. And I think that was where the Zeke 13 face kind of originated because I used to draw like, just spooky eyes with the 13, you know, stars over them. And then, you know, I really enjoyed getting like party masks, the blank white ones, like the Jabberwockies will will wear and um, like color them with Sharpie or like cut them up and sew them together and and stuff like that. Um, And I came up with the first design of the Zeke 13 mask, you know, it was just Sharpie for that band and like that concept kind of like morphed over time like i i got into making masks and i was really into like that level of of crafting even though i'm i'm not like particularly great at it the mask i wear for 13 is the best work i've ever done still um but uh you know i've had versions that were like uh bandaged up face i've made concepts for like a like a like a ed gain type of flesh mask sort of look um but it wasn't until uh slipknot was coming to town in 2014 out here uh and i wanted to wear something cool to that show so i made what is now the 13 mask um and yeah i I wore it to that show it felt great and then I worked on it just a, just a little bit more after that to make it so that it was something I could perform in. Cause once I was there and had the mask and like my whole attire and all that, I was like, this is how I've always felt like 13 should be represented, you know? And this was before we came back, um, to really mean business. So, you know, it, it, I think that was where it, it finally, took off and became the look was back then because i always even in working uh as part of other bands i've always wanted to do something with this project again like just because it was in my back pocket doesn't mean it had to stay there um but yeah there's a there's actually a similar story with like um the band avatar uh their singer uh Johannes Eckerstrom, I think that's his name. He originally, they were, you know, plain faced, you know, just another Swedish metal band. Um, And then for their Black Waltz album, he put on the like ringmaster clown ish makeup and the top hat and the, and the, the, you know, the, the ringleader jacket. And it just, clicked for them like they knew that that was supposed to be the the identity of the band going forward and ever since then they've only fucking exploded with you know popularity and they're playing all over the place i i saw them in dallas at trees and to this day it is still uh, one of the greatest life experiences i've ever seen also vinnie paul was there in the balcony watching um and my friends in the band i am man i am monster 
got to open for that show and Vinnie Paul watched them. And that was cool. Oh, that, that would be a huge honor. And I remember, it's funny because I remember when, like you said, Avatar came on the scene and they were wearing the normal clothes and I didn't realize that they had gone for that more stylistic look. Yeah. But it just goes to show, you know, if you find something that resonates, lean into it heavy. And I think that's what 13 does. And I think that's why, for me, at least that's why I get into your show, because I know that you're expressing your genuine feelings and it's something almost bigger than yourself. Yes, it's you. But the feeling I get from it is that it's something bigger than you as well, if that makes sense. It absolutely um, does. I, it, oftentimes it feels bigger than me to me, you know, like there, there are times where, you know, sometimes it's hard to want to be creative and put myself under so much pressure. And sometimes life outside of it is just falling apart so much that it's like, if, if I could only, if I could only stop myself from continuing to do this, I could get my shit together. But it's so much more complicated than that. Like once you, once you set a goal and you're like, I want to do something no one else on the planet has ever done before and probably never will after. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's what I want to do with my life. And I don't know how I'd feel if I turned away from that just because things got tough. I think that's really admirable of you. And your dedication to that shows in that I see like your online interactions with fans. They love you. And I personally have so many more questions for you. But we do have a lot of fan questions. and I do want to give the fans some time on the podcast because they actually sent some really great questions that I'm interested in knowing too. So Josh F has a question. Oh, I apologize. Joshua F has a question um, with two parts. So Joshua wants to know, would you ever wear a new or different mask? And then would 13 ever add another member to the band or will you stay a two person band? Um, so will I ever wear another mask? I've considered it. I've drawn up concepts for it. It's kind of hard to get past, you know, the, the one I have, cause it just feels so naturally a part of me. Like I'm honestly, like when I'm wearing that thing, I feel like a complete being like I would wear that mask to work, to the bank, you know, to sleep in the shower, I would wear it 24 seven if I could. Um, also if I could get it to feel less sweaty and greasy underneath it, but, um, you know, it maybe in the future, there'll be another mask. Um, I'll, I'll try to play around with some other looks. The thing is like, it's not so much the mask that I want to change from album to album. It's more of the stuff I wear around the mask. And that, you know, kind of adds to the the overall attitude of what each new album is going for. Because that's another thing is, um, you know, we've spent the last five albums doing some, you know, what I would think is pretty solid music that would easily be classified as, you know, new metal or industrial metal or whatever the fuck people want to call it like that, you know. 
But going into this new album and the ones after it, they're going to get drastically more weird and, and different and just take on a whole new life and identity of its own. And so the bands, you know, visually, artistically is going to have to evolve with that too. Um, but as far as the mask, that is the face of the band and it always will be. I, I don't think it will change much, if at all. Only time will tell. What was the other question? Oh, so the other question was, would you ever consider adding more members to the band or would you prefer to keep it as a two-piece? That's a tough one because I know people would appreciate more if we had a full lineup. And I've tried to make that happen many times. Uh, There were a few times where we were able to keep it up for a while. What's disappointing is we had a full lineup and like a fog and lights show and a hype man um, with like side percussion. And like, I actually had a way of playing keyboards live. Like we had everything that we needed. And the only show we got to play with that lineup was a festival where um, it was over at Texas mist and it was a packed fucking house the entire night. And then we were set to headline at one there were four people left. Like we just, we got fucked on that time slot, man. And uh, that, that kills me inside. Yeah. No, imagine how we felt. There actually is footage of that set on our Facebook somewhere. Um, But you know, it was just super disappointing. And I remember when that happened, I was like, Oh, well, there'll be more opportunities. And then fucking pandemic hit and Texas Mist is no more. That was the last time we got to play there. We played probably the, the, the highest um, level production live set that we've ever done. Um, at, at least, you know, for when we were playing, like the, the best production value we've done for a live set and no one was there to see it. So it's like, I could put in all this effort into making the exact live show experience that the fans want, or I can say, fuck it. I don't want to slow down. I just want to play more. I want to get the music out there. I don't want to slow down just to get people in only for them to leave because that happens a lot. Um, especially being a a band with a, a soul singer songwriter, you know, doing all the, all the, work with the actual music tracks but you know i i wanted that's why i said earlier i wanted to make a band that like it doesn't matter i might not have said this earlier i might have said it to someone else but it doesn't matter who uh can't be there for the show i'm gonna play it and it's the show's gonna get played and people are gonna hear that music you know that's the attitude i've always taken with this band and it's why you know our first show over in Oklahoma um, since coming back. Our first show was me and a guitar player. And we impressed everybody that night. And a lot of people would ask me why not just wait to get a drummer. And I was like, because I want to play live shows now. And like time was ticking. Like the years were going. Like if I didn't get us off the ground with just a two-piece band in the beginning, then we wouldn't have been able to release asylum 
to as as many people as as heard it you know so i just and i've told people plenty of times who are like i want to start a band but i don't have enough people i don't have the resources blah blah, blah. i always tell them just do it your fucking self man like the technology is there. Like plenty of other people are doing it. Like you can live stream your fucking music, like turn your bedroom into a concert venue and just play your own shit. Like you, there's so many ways to, to, you know, rise up your star in music now that doesn't require, you know, adding a whole bunch of extra layers of human resources. You know, I love that approach. And Hopefully we'll get to delve more into that um, in the future because I have so many more questions for you, but I need to be loyal to the fans and ask the other fan questions. So uh, Hector B has another two-part question. He asked, what inspired the mask, which I think we, we have covered, but he also wants to know what inspired the name for the band and what is a goal that you guys have for the band? Okay. Um, so the story behind the name of the band, um, it's, it's like a two-parter. So back when I was like, I don't know, late middle school, early high school, my dad and my stepmom, uh, took me and my step siblings to this place in like the Sacramento area. This was back when I lived in California. Um, they took us, they took us to this place in the Sacramento area called the Winchester mystery house. And it was a house that was owned by, um, the Winchester rifle family, you know, and this house was weird and, and spooky as fuck. Cause like, uh, Madam Winchester, the, the wife of the guy who owned the rifle company, um, she made she made this house like she had it constructed exactly to her design and it is very strange like every staircase has 13 steps every hallway has 13 doors you know every in every room like you could count all the glass panes in the windows there are 13 of them like it's just it's just weird shit like that and there's like these weird creepy catacombs um underneath the foundation of the house uh and it was always super cool i've been there a couple times um it was just a cool fucking house and i was like really stoked on it and so like 13 felt like a cool sort of ominous sort of name for a band and also at the time i was really getting into um mushroom head and i they had an album called 13 that was really really good still their best album by far so there's another part to the question, which is, what is a goal that you and Igor have for the band? Yeah. So me and Igor, our, our whole entire goal is to make the 13 albums. Like that's, that's the be all end all. All the other shit can go wrong for all we care. But these 13 albums are going to be made and heard. Like I want before I die to listen to every single one of these songs from cover to cover and finally get the message that I've been telling myself all these years, you know, like it's weird. It's like, I'm, I'm, it feels like I'm writing letters to a future me in a way. Um, and that's really the, the overall goal and driving the band there. Um, 
I think there was another question earlier about um, the mask. I know we covered it, but uh, there was there were a couple things I wanted to point out. So like the inspiration for the mask. Um, obviously, I'm big into Slipknot and Mushroom Head um, and bands of that sort. Like um, I used to try and make their masks like with Sharpie with the blank white masks that I mentioned earlier. I used to try to make their masks and eventually like in making the thir- the Z13 style face like i just kind of took elements from all the masks i was seeing and kind of morphing them into something that fit that whole look and identity uh, but yeah that was a little side tangent i love that and i had a blast thank you so much zeke for being here with me oh yeah and the spooky all hollows eve episode uh, can you tell everyone where to find 13 online so they can listen to your music? Yeah, um, we're on all the platforms, uh, YouTube Music, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, um, all the places where you are probably listening to music. We're on there. You just look up 13XIII. That's how it's spelled. And then any of our... Any of our album titles, any of our song titles with 13 in front of it, you'll be able to find it. The only reason I say that is because, you know, there are actually quite a few artists out there with that name, which, to be honest, kind of did inspire me to keep it so it could be more mysterious. Like, we have to find this this weird, creepy underground band, but there are too many other bands, like, in the way. We got to you know, dig through them to find what we're really looking for. I know that's annoying, but we're not actually that hard to find. Like you type our name and if you see my mask, that's us. Like we're not, we're not that hard to find. I promise you. Yes. And I want to give you the floor. Is there anything you want to say to your fans or the listeners of the podcast before we end our interview? I actually, I wanted to ask you a question about, um, yeah, about the 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 new album because I know you heard it, and I, I really want to get your opinion on on how you felt listening to it. Like, what were some standout tracks, and you know, what did you think of the the evolution of the music? So, I know I kind of talked about it a little bit, but the dream pop and the shoegaze elements, especially in lavender, hit me really hard because I was not expecting that at Mm -hmm. all and i love shoegaze and there were some parts in like dead animals that had like a dream pop element too which is weird right because usually i would gravitate towards like harder stuff but something about those dreamy parts like it felt like the floor was falling out from under me but in a good way i got the chills but i also have to say you're very consistent in again some people would deride new metal for whatever reason but you're one of the most technically proficient vocalists that i've heard and so the vocal performance is great but you always write really good clean hooks that get stuck in my head (laughs) and you had asked me to choose the song that i wanted um to be on the podcast and i picked um vassals for that reason because i feel like if any song is going to get stuck in somebody's head, it's going to be that one, probably. Oh, yeah. that but, That's actually one of my favorite songs on the entire album. Probably my favorite, actually, because it's just so different structurally, compositionally. 
it takes a lot of influences in particular that we hadn't done before. Like um, short list of bands I was I was drawing influence from was Suicide Silence, Alisana, um, and a uh, little bit of Glassjaw maybe, and then um, the band Sixpence None the Richer. Which they're they're the band that wrote "Kiss Me," that song from the '90s. I I love corny shit like that so much. I wanted it in our brutal, spooky, fucking thirteen music, you know. So yeah, it it turned out great. Thank you. And so it's time we got to say goodbye. But thank you, Zeke. A happy Halloween. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Happy Halloween. Thank you for having me. Um. The album's out October 13th. Don't miss it, everybody. Yay! Thank you. See you later, everybody. Oh,